following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hit, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Broken Helmet. Let's rock. Hey, coming to you live on tape on this Friday, September 9th, 2022. And are we done with The Rock yet? I mean, seriously, I know it's sacrilege and all, but let's be honest here, no? The year is not 1998. East and West Coast rappers aren't shooting holes through each other anymore. You can buy weed legally almost everywhere. And Dwayne Johnson isn't a shit-talking alpha dog called The Rock asking female reporters, Do you like strudel? I mean, come on. It's 2022. The Rock is now Dwayne Johnson, the corporate champion who's never met a photo op or a check he didn't like. I mean, this guy takes so much corporate strudel up his backside, he makes Rip Taylor look like John Wayne. <laughs> Fucking wrote that shit. Wrote that. That's an original one right there. Don't believe me? Just rewatch last year's Super Bowl open. Rewatch it. The guy was even dressed up like a giant eggplant. An outfit that, by the way, he got shit on for. So much so that this year, that self-absorbed egomaniac had to come out for the open last night in a tank top. Right? Just to show the world how fucking big he is. So you go from looking like a giant eggplant to tank top to show off your giant muscles that everybody knows you have. Because it's all you do. Right? You just do photo ops where you're in tight shirts and you're lifting weights. Right? I mean, that's what you do. We get it. You're big. You make a gazillion dollars. A gazillion. Tons. And you have nothing but free time on your hands. So you lift weights and have private chefs make your food. And you look fantastic. And you've also become the safest, most PC celebrity on the fucking planet. So the public now gets you by the boatload. But that, unfortunately, included last night's kickoff, where we got this shit, if you can believe this one. champion, Los Angeles Rams. Oh, here we go. Get out of your seats. Stomp your feet. Uh-huh. It is time to Oh my god! <laughs> to what? <laughs> to what? <laughs> to rampede? To rampede? That's what it is? To to rampede? That that's that oh I mean let's play that shit again. Come on, one more time. Come on, Rock, give it to us. Super Bowl champion! Los Angeles Rams. Nice muscles, you're so big. Get out of your seats! Oh, I'm up. I'm Stop standing. Stop your feet! It is time to rampede! I actually can't believe what I just said. You are a stupid asshole. That's exactly what he is! I mean, do you know what that was? That is the promotional equivalent of shitting your pants on live TV. Or punching a baby in the face. Or, better yet, punching a baby 
in the face on TV while shitting your pants. It was horrific. It was horrific. And the and the fucking Rams, right? What delightful legal weed was your marketing team smoking when they came up with the tagline Rampede? 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 That's what you want to go with? Nobody's going to say that. Not a single goddamn person. You know why? Because it's stupid. It's stupid. Rampede. Great. Just what everybody loves, right? A completely contrived marketing saying made up by corporate that the public has the privilege of using as their mantra. Do you know how this went viral? And boom goes the dynamite. Because it was as organic as it gets. It was just some college kid who was studying broadcast journalism and was told to do sports even though he didn't know how the fuck to do it. And so he got stuck doing highlights, had no clue what to say, and came up with... And boom goes the dynamite. That's how that happened. That's how that happened. And it was the early days of YouTube, early days... I mean, social... I don't even think Twitter was even fucking around when that hit. And it just went viral because it was funny as fuck. Because it was organic. And people still say it to this day. Do you know how Austin 316 says, I just got your ass kicked? How that went fucking super viral and is said to this day? After, that was 95? Fucking 30 years ago almost? Because it was as organic as it gets. Pre-written maybe, but organic regardless. And the public made it that way. They thought it was funny. And they went with it. And they took it. Ramp. Fucking ramp. Nobody's saying that shit. No one. No one. Get the fuck out of here with that garbage. Oh my God. And rock. Enough. Enough with a rock. I mean, I, I don't want to turn this in, into the broken remote or anything, but, you know, let's take a quick look see, will we, at The Rock's movies that he's done. And let's try to figure out how this guy has just got put on this pedestal. You put the pussy on the pedestal. Why do you do that? I, I I don't know. Why is everybody always saying that to me? Put the pussy on the pedestal. I, I you know, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, Furious 7, Jumanji. You know what? I actually liked Jumanji. I can't say I didn't, right? But, I mean, he jumped in to the Fast and Furious movies because they needed something safe and that they could kind of reinvigorate the series at that time, right? So, I mean, let, let's see. What else? Where is his filmography here? We are like super in the weeds here. But oh no, he's doing Big Trouble in Little China? Oh my god, this fucking asshole. Are you kidding me? Wet, wet takes for nothing. You can't. You can't. If he's going to be the fucking Jack, um, oh, what the hell was Kurt Russell's name uh, in Big Trouble in Little China? It was, uh, you know what, Jack, whatever says. Um, Ah, damn it, I can't remember offhand. I'll, maybe I'll remember later. Um, but if he takes Kurt Russell's role in that, I, I am going to lose my mind. Um, anyway, but let's just go through the ones. Black Adam, we get it. It's coming out. You know, I, you've told everybody and their brother about it. But we, Red Notice, it was a Netflix movie. Uh, Jungle Cruise was terrible. Saw it in the theater with my kids. 
Uh, Jumanji and Jumanji the Next Level. Okay, I like those. Ballers was terrible. Those like those final seasons. He did that shit remotely. He didn't even do it with anybody. He was like in a car the entire last season. He was just like I got other stuff going on, but I'll give you some some uh you know I'll give you some audio from the car if you want. Give me some give me some lines. Set up a camera and we'll do it that way. Uh, the Fast and Furious, you know, and then he has the fight. He's got to do Hobbs and Shaw because he doesn't get along with anybody there anymore. Skyscraper. Oh my god. The only thing good about Skyscraper is that it was so bad. It's almost a bad rewatch. But, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Not to mention, they had to do it in China, right? The Skyscraper was in China or Japan or whatever. You know, because they had to appeal to that market, right? Because fucking Rock is the corporate champion right now. Uh, Rampage. Horrific. Um, da, 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 what a, oh, Baywatch. Also terrible. Thought it was going to be good. It's, it, it's like a medium rewatch. But overall, not funny. And he doesn't make it funny at all. He's almost like a serious like character in that. The only thing that salvages that one is uh, Efron. He's actually kind of funny in it. But the rest of everybody, holy shit. Uh, Moana animated. I guess he did a good role. You probably could have given it to anybody, whatever. Central Intelligence. Funny the first time you saw it. Not so much after that. San Andreas, oh, another terrible, terrible, big-budget disaster movie. Hercules, Bomber, oh, Hercules, fucking Bomber Road. Bomber Road, I, I, I mean, are you listening to the things that I'm saying? Oh, pain, pain and Gain? Oh, Christ. Uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Suck a motherfucker! Uh, again, another one. Uh, another one. Um, more Fast, Fast Five, blah, blah, blah. Um, the other guys, funny in that one, but I mean, it wasn't about him. He was out of it after the first couple of, uh, Tooth Fairy. Oh God, that's another fucking, uh, Race to Witch Mountain. God. Where does it, where does it start? Gridiron Gang. Uh, Doom. All right, enough. Fucking 10 minutes talking about The Rock. We're done with it. I don't get it, but over with now. So let's go to what we really should be talking about, and that was the kickoff game last night. Bills, Rams, AFs, the the favorite for the 2022 NFL championship versus last year's reigning Super Bowl champion, NFL championship, the 2022 favorites to be Super Bowl champions, what I should say, you stupid fuck, versus last year's Super Bowl champions. It should have been such a great game. And you know what we got? We got a Bomberoo. There it is, the drop again. The Funk Flex Bomberoo. That's what we got. It was terrible. Give it another couple. We just won't even stop. It's the longer we do this, the funnier it gets. That's the part of doing something so many times. Eventually it gets really boring, and then it just, when it doesn't stop, it gets get funnier. But God, that game was awful. It was so lucky to be tied at halftime. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. I mean, what a, a stinkeroo for the Rams to come off of that Super Bowl win last year and have a game like you did today. And I mean, questions abound all over that locker room. What the fuck is McVay doing? What happened to Cam Akers? What happened to Allen Robinson? How hurt actually is Matt Stafford? And I'll tell you what, everybody knows this because 
the world does fantasy football. But the text messages going back and forth last night revolving around Cam Akers, Allen Robinson, and Matt Stafford were plentiful. Plentiful. Nobody could figure out what was going on. Nobody at all. I heard rumors that Cam Akers got caught fucking McVay's wife. But Aaron Schefter isn't going to report that one, is he? No, he's not. No, he's not. Because you know what it would happen. You know, that happens. And then that guy is a disgrace to the uniform. He'd get fired. He'd also get sued because it's not true. But regardless, I, I don't know what happened to Cam Akers. You know, today McVay was talking about he's got to, uh, something to the effect that he's, he's got to work harder or show that he wants it. Or, you know, obviously there's some shit going on. Because Henderson, look, he, he had a couple of okay runs. But. So long as Akers is healthy, he's better than Henderson. Sorry, that's just a fact. Cooper Cop, fucking stud boy, that guy. I, the only saving grace to the Rams game last night was Cooper Cup and his performance. And he balled the fuck out. Balled out. 13 catches, a buck 28 for a touchdown. But this is the part of the game that you look in this well, the part of the game, the part of the box score that you look at that makes you scratch your head and say, you know what, maybe he is banged up. Because Cooper Cup had a long of 28 yards. That was the longest pass that he had. That was the longest pass that anybody had. The longest receptions other than that, going down the list, Higby 11, Henderson 10, uh, Squarnick uh, 12, Robinson 12, Powell 10. And that 12-yard catch for Robinson was his only catch of the game. And as you watch the game, the only thing I kept thinking to myself was like, can can fucking Stafford go downfield? Can he actually throw the ball downfield? Maybe he can't. Maybe that's the issue. And this game was, uh, the first four series of this game told you everything you needed to know about this game. After the four series, you could have turned it off and you could have knew, knew exactly what was going to happen which was that the Bills were going to blow their fucking doors off. And I have to I eat crow like I'm some kind of fucking media person. Uh, you know, I do have to say that my opinion of Josh Allen after his first year was probably incorrect at this point. <laughs> I, I, you know, his first year, I thought he was so massively... Um, so massively, come on, Rich, come up with the word. What the fuck were you trying to say? Oh my god, inaccurate. That's what I. That that's what fucking. <laughs> anyway, after his first year, I thought he was so massively inaccurate that I didn't think he was going to have long term success. But his ability to scramble was helping getting him by. It didn't really change in the second year. I thought second year he was also rather inaccurate. But now, uh, what is he in his fourth year now or fifth year? I you know. I have to just eat crow, eat the proverbial crow and admit when you're wrong because he looks really good. Now, I watched a little bit of the Alt-22 tape today. Not a ton. I, I, I watch Alt-22 when I have some time. I don't watch every single game Alt-22. I watch the condensed games just to watch them all so that I, I you know, can know a little bit of what I'm talking about rather than just going by the highlights and get the game flow. But, uh, you know, all 22, I know there's a lot of people out there. A lot of people do a good job with it, break down all the tape. Uh, I 
you know, I just don't spend that amount of time, but I did watch a little bit of the All-22 today. I will say that from what I saw, I, I mean, Allen's not perfect. He was forcing the ball to receivers several times when on the opposite side of the field, there were just wide open receivers. So, you know, the, every quarterback's, you know, no quarterback's perfect, I guess I should rephrase it and say it that way. But, um, I mean, Allen had a phenomenal game. He did force it, it looked like, uh, on a couple of plays. And if you're into that, watch the All-22 and see if I'm not fucking crazy. Uh, because on, you know, specifically when they got like three wideouts to the right, there were a couple of plays and there's some guys are just wide open. Not to mention the Rams were just given a ton of fucking, uh, whatever, a ton of uh, cushion on all of the routes all night long, which I could not understand what the hell the deal was there. But, I mean, he picked them apart all night. So anyway, uh, Josh Allen was an absolute beast last night. And the first four series of that game told you everything you need to know. But before we get into those drives and the rest of the game, we'll do a quick recap of the game. Bills 31-10. Bills covered. It was under. Neither the Rams or the over were teaser winners. The first TD went to Gabe Davis. Tons of prop bets hit on the overside. And just a quick rundown. Allen rushing attempts and yardage were overs. Stephen Diggs, uh, Stephon Diggs, Stephen Diggs catches and yardage were also over. Cup catches and yardage were over. Davis is receiving yards. I'm almost positive that was an over. It was eight something. And Von Miller sacks. He had two. So that was an over because I think they had it at either a half or a sack and a half. And he had the two. So all those netted you a little bit of cash. But as for those first four drives that I was talking about. The Bills opened up. They opened up real strong. And as you're watching it, the first thing you're thinking about is whether or not this Rams defense is going to be suspect in 2022. Because they were okay last year. They were, you know, good. I wouldn't say that they were great. They were probably in the top tier of NFL defenses. But there were still weaknesses abound. Yes, Jalen Ramsey is awesome. Aaron Donald is an all-time player, uh, you know, but elsewhere, there was there are some question marks. You know, they went out and signed Bobby Wagner for a reason. Well, number one reason is that Seattle got rid of him, but number two is because they needed somebody, you know, like that on the inside. So they were trying to, uh, you know, add on to this defense and improve it from where it ended last year. But watching it last night, I don't know if that was achieved, right? And that first drive looked horrific. Bills drove right down. They ended up getting the touchdown to Gabe Davis on the fake long bomb. 26 yards was a touchdown. Gabe, Gabe Davis, like we said, first touchdown score. Uh, yeah, any of you are into prop bets, you know that the first touchdown score has become quite popular uh, along with a ton of other prop bets, but first touchdown score is a popular one. So that goes to Gabe Davis. So that puts the Bills up 7 nothing. So that's Series 1, right? Series 1 in the book. Series 2 goes to the Rams, right? Rams get the ball, and Stafford goes short and checks down almost the entire time. And Cam Akers is on the bench for Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson Jr.'s, you know. So Akers on the bench, Henderson in. It's Stafford just checking down and throwing short. Von Miller gets that sack. That makes it a third and long. 
puts him in a tough spot. And then Stafford, instead of trying to get the first down, he almost surrenders. He throws that quick underneath route to Cup that gets like eight yards on third and seven or you know third and whatever, 12, and doesn't get him the first. And so they just punt. Punt a row. And that was it. So the difference between the Bills, who opened up, marched downfield, Gabe Davis gets a touchdown, and the Rams, who get the ball, dink, dunk, dink, dunk, sack, surrender. Throw short, punt the ball. You know, nothing's going right right now if you're the Rams watching those two series. But you're like, it's only two series. But like I said, the first four is all you really need to watch to know how this game is going to turn out. Bills get the ball back. Bills started their own nine, pinned, right? Pinned. Not pinned. I mean, pinned would be like under the five. But, or five-yard line or less, under five doesn't make sense. So, they're deep in their own territory at the nine. And the first play is Singletary for seven yards. Seven yards. So, it gives them all that breathing room. Donald gets the sack. But on the very next play, Diggs gets the first down. So, you had Singletary for seven, sack by Donald, and then Diggs for a first. So n- now they've gotten away from the nine-yard line, and just like the first drive, they're moving the ball downfield. And then you get big clips, big clips, chunk plays, Crowder for 10, McKenzie for 10. Then you get a f- flag. Then you get a digs, uh, a digs reception. And the only thing that stops the Bills on this drive was the McKenzie bobble that led to the interception. So there you go. There is the third series in the books. First series, Bills touchdown. Second series, Rams sucked. Third series, Bills once again doing whatever they want. The only thing that stopped them was a shitbox interception. So now you got the Rams up. Rams run, run, checkdowns, punt. So here you go. You're watching your opponent just march the ball downfield, showing a nice variety in terms of their play calling. And what you've done through two series trying to get back into it down seven is throw checkdowns, runs. I I mean, can't throw the ball downfield. Don't even try. And at that point, the Ram fans are saying, something's wrong with Stafford. This is not looking good. He is fixated on Cup. I mean, fixated on him. Henderson's in for Akers. The, the Bills are going downfield. They're pushing the limit. Push it to the limit. Push it to the limit. Scarface, man, baby. Fucking great flick. I don't know if it holds up the test of time, though. I don't want to say it was a great flick. But definitely very watchable. And rewatchable because the terrible parts are really terrible. Right? Especially that <laughs> fucking mob riot uh, in the, uh, whatever, in the camp. The camp town. Whatever, refugee camp. In the beginning of the movie, God, if you look around at the other people that are trying to riot in that scene, they're just like waving their hands in the air. They're not doing anything. Anyway, so push to the limit. So the Bills are pushing it to the limit. The Rams are more than happy just to check down and fucking punt. And after those four drives, it just really wasn't a game. And you knew it wasn't going to be. And the fact that it was tied at halftime was a complete fucking anomaly. So... Anyway, the Bills get the ball back. 
And the only thing that happens in the next after this is after the Rams run and punt is that Cook fumbles the ball on that one. So then they give it back to the Rams. So that I mean, the Bills are just keeping the Rams in the game because they just keep handing the ball over, right? But the Rams can't do anything because they the Rams at the Bills forty. They get a run and then an interception, and a terrible interception too. I mean, not like the McKenzie interception uh, two series prior that it was like a bobble. I you know, this was just a terrible fucking throw by Stafford who's been doing nothing but checking down now he's throwing picks right Allen throws for long yardage on the next drive that gets him field goal that gets him up to 10 nothing and now it's two scores Rams get the ball back and on the next series they can't do shit again and they get jammed up and now you're really scared because now it's a fourth and two and the Rams are going for it and the reason the Rams are going for it, obviously, you know, modern football, a fourth and two, you probably go for it so long as you're not buried in, in your own side of the field. But the reason that they're going for it here is because they know they're up against it because they're getting their asses handed to them. And they need something to start the fire. And so they decide to go it, go for it here. And it almost, almost didn't work out because... Cup guy, I believe it was the cup, and Cup got stuffed, stuffed before the first down marker. And then the scrum was created right around the first down marker and then pushed him over the, over the limit. Oh, there it is. Push him over the limit. Push him over the limit. Um, now I'm just fucking shoehorning shit. Um, but the Rams end up getting that first down. Thank God. Because that might have been the game there. If they hadn't gotten it, right? Although I've said like eight times that, you know, the game was over already. But that really would have been it if they had not converted on that fourth and two. And that situation of having a fourth and two was purely caused by all the dinking and dunking. That's what caused it to begin with. And then they had to fucking get themselves out of this dink and dunk bullshit offense by going for it on a fourth and two. Well, anyway, there's a big run by Henderson after that. Cup gets a touchdown. That makes it 10-7, to right? So they're staying in it here. But the reason that they're staying in it basically is because the Bills have coughed up the ball twice already. So Allen gets the ball back. He forces it. Then you get another interception. So this now is three turnovers by the Bills. The interception uh, from the McKenzie bobble, the Cook fumble, and now Allen forced it, and he got picked off. Like I said, if you watch the the Alt-22, Allen forced the ball a lot in the game. It just worked out in his favor more times than not. Stafford finally goes deep on the next drive. Goes deep twice and misses horrifically. Horrifically. I think they were both going to Cup, or one was the Cup, and maybe the other one was the Higby or Allen. And he just didn't come close to either of them. So what happens? Back to short shit. Dink, dunk, dink, dunk. And then they get stuck in there like, you know what? We're, we're going to try to tie this sucker up before halftime. And they throw the kicker out there for a 57-yard field goal. That's how they tied it up. They tied it up on a 57-yard field goal. And that's how it was 10-10 and a half. And it, it was the luckiest 10-10 you'd ever seen in your life. Because rewatch it. The Bills should have been up three scores. Uh, they really just mopped up on them from the get-go. 
I mean, it really wasn't close. The score was, but if you rewatch the game, this thing was fucking over from the opening kickoff. And then the second half, which isn't really worth talking about a lot, but the Bills open up, they have a great play mix, and then they start running Allen, right? Like I said, Allen in this game ended up having, uh, what was it, uh, 10 carries for uh, 56 yards and a touchdown? I, I mean, a monster. And they were running uh, Singletary after after half, too. I mean, they just ran the ball. They just said, fuck it. You know, we were passing in the first half. Now we're going to run it. We're going to stick, you know, Allen right up your fucking keister. And he's just going to blast you. And so the Rams are on their heels. They get down to whatever. Let, let's say uh, first and goal. I forget what the, the down and distance was. But the... Bills are knocking on the Rams' door. And on the McKenzie touchdown, which made it 17-10, McKenzie had nobody on him for that touchdown. They gave a five-yard cushion when the Bills had the ball at the Rams' eight. So the cornerback was on the three-yard line when the ball was snapped. McKenzie gave like a quick little, you know, juke move, and then just broke in. He didn't even have to do the juke move. I mean, he could have just ran a slant. Having full head steam versus somebody backpedaling that's five yards, you know, behind you, unless they're sprinting forward, right? Malcolm Butler, right? Uh, that that would be the play that you're thinking of. Is that Malcolm Butler just full head of steam, breaks on the play before they snap it? But that's not what happens And if you, if you watch it. They're just there and he goes to drive. There's nothing you could do. It's over. The slant, by the time he catches the ball, he's on the two and then he falls into the end zone. I just couldn't understand it. And go back again, rewatch the game, and look at the secondary. They gave cushion like that shit all game long. All game long. I know it looked like, you know, Ramsey got smoked by Diggs all game long. But it is tough with whatever defensive strategy they came into the game thinking they could put off putting their cornerbacks and their secondary in such a weak position. I mean, just really weak. And so that made it 17-10. Then after that, you get the Gabe Davis bomb. That was that that then um, that got him down to like 10. And then Allen ran it in for the touchdown. That's where he stuck his hand out. That made it 24-10. And then on, I think on the next ensuing drive, is when Stafford tried to pull another rabbit out of his hat and relive his Super Bowl glory day when he does the no-look pass across his body to Cooper Cup, throws it too high, and it's an interception. And that's it. And that's it. And with nine minutes, I think it was nine minutes into the third period, or maybe nine minutes left in the fourth period, regardless... The Rams had 151 yards of offense at that time. Late in the game, 151 yards of offense. Sean McVay, the man-child, the brilliant mind who has pumped out head coaches out of his tree for the past three, four years, right, had 151 yards at that time. So, ultimately... The total, uh, let's see, total yardage, they ended up with 243. And, I, you know, a lot of that came after that point. But, I mean, the game was over. 
game was over. And so there you have it. So, you know, you do a quick rewind and you think about what you really saw and you really just saw two teams were that are at complete opposite ends of the spectrum. You have the Bills who look like they're just continuing on where they left off last year when they lost the super close overtime to the Chiefs who have added pieces such as Von Miller who had a, really a, a great game. For somebody that old, you know, that old, I mean, he's not like ancient, but he's older. He's definitely on the back nine, if not like the back three. To have him come in there and have the game that he did, and he played that way the entire game. I mean, he really was amped up. Can he do that for 17 games over 18 weeks? I don't know. You know, he's he's gotten hurt quite a bit uh, over the past five, six years. So I don't know if he's going to be able to keep that up, or at least for this one game, it was a huge bonus to that Buffalo defense. So Buffalo's got it going. Jason Allen looks fantastic. Even with Brian Dable out, it looks like their offense is still humming. So Ken Dorsey comes in there. A lot of questions as to what Ken Dorsey was going to look like when he ran the offense. Well, I think the answer is he looked pretty good. Looked pretty good. And then you, on the flip side, you have the Rams, and you just have McVay in the crosshairs today having to answer eight million questions and just taking the just taking the responsibility left and right. It's my fault. I got to do a better job. Yeah, I mean it really is. But you also have a quarterback that is pretty suspect right now in terms of overall health because again, it just didn't look good, and it looked like something was wrong. I really did. I mean, he refused to throw the ball downfield. And a couple of times that he did, he was so inaccurate. It was crazy. Minus the one reception that we said Cup had for, you know, whatever it was, uh, 20-something yards. Uh, 28 yards, right? But, man, he locked in on Cup. You want to talk about differences of you know, strategy here. Cup had 15 targets. Higby, the tight end, had 11. After that... Squarnick had six, Henderson had five, but 15 and 11. And then you look on the other side of the ball, you know, and, you know how many carries they had. They had 18 carries. The Rams had 18 carries, and then they had 29 receptions. Meanwhile, the Bills had 25 rushes and 26 receptions. And target-wise, you look at theirs. Diggs was targeted nine times, Gabe Davis five, Crowder four, Moss six, McKenzie three, Singletary and Knox both twice. So of their 31 targets, Buffalo, you saw a much even, much more even distribution than the 41 on the Rams side where 15, where 26 of them went to two players, that being Cup and Higby. And that was basically because Stafford was just locked in. Probably because he knew he couldn't really utilize Robinson downfield, at least. You know, where else is he going to go with it? He can't do anything. He's just got to somehow try to get the offense going, and he'll just throw it to Cup because he knows he can get that done. And so, I mean, if that's the way that their offense is going to work this year, whether it's Stafford being old or hurt or just in a funk right now, I mean, there's going to be a shit ton of happy fantasy Cooper Cup owners and a lot of frustrated, mad-as-hell Ram fans. 
because it's not going to work out positively with that kind of approach. Whatever McVay has to do to get that offense turned around and looking the way that it did, and I don't know if that's trying to add some kind of piece. Obviously, maybe Odell comes in and helps out, but Odell's not going to be there for quite a while because, I mean, he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. February, and we're only in September. So, you know, you're looking at eight months. So for, you know, a knee that I think ACL tore before, right? Um, I'm saying right, like somebody out there can magically talk to me right here. But but regardless, that was the first, that was the first game of the season. And it, it was good because it put something on the map for us to watch and talk about. And, uh, you know, we, we got a game where we had could shit on one team, which always feels good. Always feels good to, like, rip on a professional football team, even though they would all just crush me as soon as they saw me. But, uh, you know, get that get that anger out, you know. Especially I, I had to get anger out somehow because I have Cam Akers in a couple of leagues, so I am really screwed. And in the one league that I run, I grabbed Allen Robinson rather early, and then I didn't want to get Stafford, but he was sitting there, and there was only a couple of quarterbacks left on the board, so I grabbed him. So I had Robinson and Stafford going last night. Robinson and Stafford, and I was playing my brother. And you know who my brother had? Jason Allen. Ugh. Torturous. 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 Jason Allen versus... Stafford and Robinson. I mean, the only thing that would have been worse if I, if I had Acres and started him too. Thank God I had Acres in a different league. Ugh, fucking brutal, fucking brutal. But I mean, you did get one gem out of the entire night. You, I, I mean, not a lot, but you did get one. Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. What are we gonna do, Rock? Get out of your seats. We're gonna get okay. Stop your feet. I'm doing it. It is time to ram beat. Yeah. I'm doing those again. We ram beat. You'll get nothing like that's a motherfucker. I didn't expect that at all. Game over, man. It's game over. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Ugh, brutal, 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 brutal. But it's over. And so now we get to focus on the Sunday games. We've got a full slate of games. We've got the Sunday night game as well. Bucks cowboys that should be a good one. And then you have the Monday night stinkeroo Broncos at the Seahawks to wrap up the weekend. But regardless, there will be a bunch of good football to be had. Plenty of fantasy stats going back and forth. People crying as they think that they just screwed up their entire season with one draft that would be yours truly right here as I drafted Stafford and Robinson and then Akers in another league and then you just look and you're like god how am I going to fix this shit what do I got left like oh no I don't have a lot of depth at running back Cam Akers I spent too much on him I shouldn't have invested in that and now I am just handcuffed to this fucking Bummy offense. It's just brutal. Just brutal. But yes, that's what we got. Look, we have to look. That's. Ugh, come on, Richie. Fucking dummy. 
that's what we have to look forward to coming up on Sunday. So to everybody else out there, I will probably touch back in on Sunday morning to give an update of where all the spreads and stats are in terms of tickets, sharp money, uh, and the money itself, where it might be, uh, and just give a quick rundown before what I got. I have coach my son's soccer game Sunday before I get to tune in and watch some football. Uh, I'm a Giants fan. They got Tennessee Giants. That's a stinker. So if you're a Giant fan, not much to look forward to. But, you know, if you're a Packer Viking fan, you got a big game lined up. Packers at the Vikings. That's going to be a good one. And then elsewhere, you also have Bengals Steelers, which Steelers isn't good, but there's going to be a division rivalry. And so people are kind of into that game. Another division rivalry, Dolphins Pats. Uh, you also have, what else? Oh, Chargers Raiders, another good conference game. And then you have two, you know, bigger name teams in the Cardinals and the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs are a premier team in the NFL. And then you have the Cardinals who are up and coming. And then, like I said, the Sunday night Bucks cowboys game. Uh, I am just stammering here trying to end this thing. So I'm, with that, I am just going to say peace. I'm out. Enjoy. Talk to you Sunday. Give me a hell yeah! That boy's good! We take for nothing! They stink! Your organization's terrible. Don't be rude. You are a stupid asshole. That's exactly what he is.